Hi, friends. Welcome back to the show. So this is like the busiest season of my life right now. It's so chaotic. There's so much happening. There's, you know, I can't complain because there's tons of growth. There's tons of movement. There's new opportunities. But I just want to like take a moment to just kind of decompress with you guys and really dive into this next episode. So because everything's been so hectic and so busy, I feel like, you know, we we were I don't want to say we were putting the podcast on the back burner, but we weren't getting as into it and as deep as we really wanted to. We felt like, you know, we were starting to see a little bit of our quality kind of starting to lack because we were getting so busy with other projects and even it felt like our right down to our questions, like things were getting kind of repetitive and like we needed to kind of just refresh. On this episode of Under the Influence, we bring on a brilliant mind. Her name is Maria Disla, and she is the founder and owner of Pure Studios. Now, here's the thing. This is not just your typical spin studio out in San Diego. It is not anything of the norm. It, even right down to just the way that Maria talks and speaks about her business. This is one of, hands down, the most valuable, one of the most valuable episodes that I think we have on the show. And I absolutely was just sitting there with my jaw was like dropped the entire time. I just had to let her speak because she was so knowledgeable. She was, the way that she spoke about her spin studio, the way that she treated it like this product and dove so heavy into her marketing and her branding and even her customer service was like just amazing. She's not only intelligent, but she's a badass. And I mean, she runs this team. She And she gets so detailed even down to the point of she makes sure every customer experience is different. And this is such an awesome episode for your, you guys or anybody that is a new entrepreneur or someone that is actually looking to open up a brick and mortar or physical business. We just spoke, or I just spoke on a panel this last weekend um, for Business Babes, San Diego Business Babes. And one of the things we talked about was niche marketing. And it's so interesting, you know, because I'm in this marketing agency and, you know, this is like totally my forte and I'm all about it. But it's so interesting to hear from an actual business owner, a brick and mortar and physical business owner perspective and the way that she dives into how she targets her ideal consumer and the way that she pulls in sales and pulls in her potential customers and clients and starts to build a relationship with them is absolutely groundbreaking. So I'm very excited to have her on. I'm very excited about sharing with you these new questions that we've prepped and really kind of refreshing the podcast as a whole to really dive deeper into that entrepreneurial spirit and to hear more about the stories of these entrepreneurs. So I appreciate all of you that are listening. You guys honestly make this podcast come to life and help us to continue it. And yeah, I want to go ahead and get right down into it. So if you guys are from San Diego, definitely go check out Pure Studios, our studio. And she goes, she, at the very end, she links where you can find her. So check it out. We'll also put it in the show notes, but yeah, let's get right on to it. Under the Influence Podcast is all about bringing together brands, influencers, thought leaders, and communities to inspire and empower a positive impact. Each week, I will dive into the power of influence over the ever-changing, trend-chasing, and slightly obsessed entrepreneurial and influencer community. We talk insider tips, tricks, the latest buzz, and even our top not-so-secret happy hour cocktails. My name is Whitney Eckes. I'm the owner and founder of Eckes Marketing and the Influence Movement, and we are about to get under the influence. Hi, guys, and welcome back to Under the Influence podcast. Today, I have Maria Disla from Pure Studio. I'm so excited to talk with you. I feel like I was telling you earlier, I've been following you guys on social media. You guys are absolutely killing influencer marketing right now in San Diego. You also were on the Gritty Conference panel, which is super fun. Super yeah. exciting. 
So I want to chat with you today a little bit more about the entrepreneurial side of opening up not only a brick and mortar, but going into the fitness world, what that's looked like, and then also to, you know, your influencer marketing and ways that you've marketed yourself. So what led you to creating Fear Studio? I think for me, it was a really big need to have a place that I felt like comfortable going to. So I'm originally from New York. I moved from New York to LA and I was working for like a tech startup company and I got really, really burnt out really quickly. I actually developed like a heart condition. I was 24 at the time, like something that I shouldn't have gotten at the age that I was at. So like basically like something that like a 45 year old who's been working for like 20 years kind of gets. So yeah, so the studio honestly started at, as a need, like I had moved to San Diego from LA. I'm originally from New York and I used to work in tech. I used to work for an advertising like technology company and I got super burnt out, like developed this like crazy heart condition that like 45 year old to like 55 year olds develop, like should not have gotten it at the age of 24. So I was just really burnt out. So I moved to LA, same company, different role. I'm supposed to like be a little bit less stressful, a little bit less work. Didn't end up being that. When I got to LA, it was like the exact same life that I was living in New York. So I kind of made a decision at the time to move out of LA and leave the tech world completely and just figure out what my next move was going to be. And my boyfriend lived here in San Diego. And so I was had been visiting a lot between LA and San Diego. And I could not find a studio because he lived downtown that was a downtown and B that like I felt comfortable in kind of gave me like the class style that I wanted and that sort of like welcoming community sense. So I kind of started mulling around the idea of like opening up a spin studio because it's just something that I love so much. And that's kind of how the whole thing started. It was just like me wanting a place that felt like what I always wanted it to feel like. Yeah. Well, and tell me about too, I mean, I feel like that's such a great way to break into the San Diego community. I feel like in San Diego, there's a lot of transplants, Mm -hmm. right? Like a lot of people come to San Diego. From other places. Yeah. Yeah. And like having that as your own baby, that gives you such a great way to cultivate your own community. Yeah, for sure. I feel like it's definitely like I have thought about everything in terms of like the studio, like from the design to like how it feels like when you walk into the space, like how do you grab your shoes? Like from the perspective of someone who's not from here. And one of the things that I noticed in going to other studios, not just even spin studios, but just all fitness studios in the area, like when I was just visiting here, was that like that first sort of step in, it was a really small, like maybe the room where you did the workout was awesome. But then like the space outside, like your reception or just like the counter, like everything was like really small there. And I get it because like real estate and paying rent and all that stuff. But to me, it's like that part is just as important as the workout. Like that first impression when you walk in the door, you like want it to feel welcoming and you want it to feel like, oh, this is this place where I could like sit, hang out, kind of like chat or like get to know people. So that was really important. So I kind of just always think about everything from that perspective of like someone coming in and like wanting to find in like a community space where they feel like they can belong to. Absolutely. And like you're, I feel like, you know, you've really showed, showcased, showcased that, showcased that, there you go, Um, through like your Instagram, right? Like your branding is amazing. Thank you. Your your studio is very aesthetic. You know, it feels like a place where it's not like you're just walking into a gym. It's like you're walking into an experience. Yeah. And it, it should feel like to me, like if you're going to, spend your money and spend your time to go do a workout like you should enjoy it and not just the workout part itself but like getting there coming into the space like the people you're interacting with like for me having people come in like the very first thing that all of our employees do is say hi like the minute anyone walks through the door and say bye like the minute you walk out because it's meant to feel like this is like your place like this is like the type of place where like people do know your name I know it sounds like cheesy like cheers but it really is like we like always try to remember people's first names. Like we try to remember like the little details about them. Like if there's someone that's always running late because of kids or work or whatever, like we like try to set up the bike for them or like have things like ready to go. So when they come in, they don't have to kind of worry about all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So why spin? You know, I mean, you could have gone with a bunch of different, I mean, you look athletic. It yeah. seems like you're very into your fitness and health. Sorry, I guess that was a little too free. <laughs> but you know, what, what made you say spin? I mean, I love spin. Yeah. I'm a huge, I don't, I hate working out. Yeah. It's like the one thing that I wish I was better at, but there's something about going to a spin class and like getting in your mindset and your mood and the music and having, especially when there's good yeah for to, sure like, help you into that zone yeah it's the best yeah I think spin specifically because it was like the first workout that I didn't feel like I was working out like I'm not a workout person like I'm not like I don't come from a fitness background like I'm athletic now and like 
I've always been into like health, but I've never been like, I'm going to the gym. I'm going to spend two hours like doing this stuff. Like, well, you look great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I get, I like have such a short attention span that I like, I can't go and just like do a workout for an hour. Like I'll get so bored. So a spin like 10 years ago was the first thing that I ever did that I was like, oh, that didn't feel like I was working out. Like it felt like I was just like having fun and like, yes, I'm working out, but it's also like more of like a mental thing and a physical thing. So it was just like the first workout that I felt was fun. Yeah. And that's kind of how, why I fell in love with it. Um, and I think being like a transplant from another city, like in New York, we just have so many spin studios everywhere. It's like Starbucks. They're literally on like every corner. Yeah. Um, and in moving to San Diego, I didn't really see that. And that was something that I was like, oh, I really wish that I could walk to spin class instead of having to get in my car drive 25 minutes or whatever um so that was part of it it was like for me spin was like the first time that I ever experienced that like cry laugh like feel like you're sweating but also have fun at the same time so yeah absolutely so what like helped you with the inspiration for the studio because you were saying you're from New York and there's I'm sure you had like soul cycle yeah yeah all these bigger name spin studios which did you have any that you looked to where you're like I like this, but I want to make it. Yeah, I think, um, so like SoulCycle was the first place I ever went to in living in New York. So like, I definitely had that, like the, like what I took away the most from it. And I think like from every class I ever took, there was like the overall feeling you got inside the cycle room from the instructor. Like they just all, they trained their instructors really, really well on like knowing how to make it feel like a truly unique experience every time you go into the class. And to me, that was like a really big thing. Like I love the experience inside the cycle room at those classes, but like my biggest takeaway from what I didn't like, which is something that I was just as important was like the experience of like checking it and coming into the space mm-hmm. and like that part of it. Cause right. even though that part of it is so short, like sometimes that's only like, you know, five minutes or whatever. Every time I went into a class, there was always like, it just didn't feel like that part of it matched what they were doing in the room. I can, I can totally attest to that. Yeah. I think too, you know, that's something where like you want to feel like a little bit honored or valuable, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not necessarily like give me a full experience, but some people, they really do just kind of want to like clock out. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then there's also something too, where you go to check in and it's a little intimidating or yeah. they're kind of like, what are you here for? You yeah. Know, Yeah. Like it's, especially like your first time or even just like, if it's your hundredth time, like just coming into the plate, like the space and like not feeling immediately like, hi, how can we help? Or like, Hey, like, do you need to get checked in? Like that's sort of like attention to like the person walking in through the door right away. That was something that I always like, didn't feel like I got from when I went to other places. And so to me, like every time I went to workout studio, I always like paid attention to like that initial experience. Cause to me, like overall customer, like experience is super important. And I'm like, it, your like experience of when they come in should match like whatever the product is that you're selling them. I love that. So I, that's like a really big thing is like always thinking about like the overall, like, cause sometimes like you could have an instructor as an off day in the class, maybe isn't that great, but maybe the experience the person had like walking in, checking in, like with the front desk could save that like impression that they totally. have about the business, you know? I love that. Yeah. So let's jump into business. So what keeps you motivated to keep this, you know, again, brick and mortar is something that's so different right now. You're seeing this huge entrepreneurial trend of people working for themselves. Mm -hmm. It's all digitally based. There's not a whole lot of brick and mortars that are like popping up left and right. Yeah. Maybe in San Diego because we're starting to become a little bit more modern. Yeah. But, you know, everything's so. It's like all digital. Yeah. 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 I think actually I was talking to someone recently about this and they opened a brick and mortar business as well here. They were like, with my product, I could have totally gone just straight to like retail and other stores, but I wanted a brick and mortar because they said, because I liked the like community, like interaction part of it. And that made me realize that like, that was a big reason why I wanted like a physical business as opposed to just doing something online. I had also just come from like working in tech and being all like digitally based and like, yes, like you get reports and you figure out like, you know, we did advertising. So it's like, yeah, you can like, crunch the numbers and see like what return your client got on their ads or whatever but it's so different to have like person-to-person like interaction and be able to actually like communicate with someone in person and kind of have that like person-to-person like interaction like day-to-day and so that was a big part of it so having like a physical business is different than online because you have that like personal connection I love that yeah and I think that's so true I I mean 
I always get asked, you know, like, why did we buy an office or why did we have an office space? You know, why don't we just do everything remote? Yeah. It's totally different. Yeah. No, it's totally different. Even like we, like I have a team that I work with. So I have like a lead instructor and a studio manager and they're like day to day more in the weeds with stuff. And they have like front desk staff that they manage, instructors that they manage. And we, even though we are constantly like all on different schedules or like working remotely, we like make it a plan to meet every Monday uh-huh. to sit in person and just like talk about stuff because it's so much easier. And I think a lot of times things get lost when it's like in an email or like on a Trello board or like in a text, like a lot of the times it's way easier to just have a person like personal conversation with somebody and just yeah. like go through all the things you need to go through. And it's kind of nice too to just be able to like sit and like interact. It is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, I'm definitely not the person that can work from home. I totally applaud those that can, yeah. but I need personal contact yeah. and like walking around and moving or getting up and going to work every day. Like yeah. that's like my jam. It's tough to schedule yourself and like have discipline too. Like I think it's like, it's nice when you can say like, oh, I work from home, but then you also can get into like this rut of like, you kind of start to get a little bit lazy. You lose some of your momentum, I find. So it is really nice. I do work from home. Like I have a home office, but I love being able to like physically just go into the studio or like have our meetings. Like we usually meet at a coffee shop and we just kind of sit and have coffee and go through like all of our like checklists and things. Um, But that definitely like, if you are working from home a lot, you can get into like this little bit of a rut and maybe like start to like lose your momentum and get a little bit lazy. <laughs> yeah. So I have a really interesting question to ask yeah, yeah. you. And I don't think I've ever asked anyone this question on the show before, but you kind of double as somebody that's like in the operations, right? Like leading mm-hmm. the classes, being the forefront, the person, you know, right there. But then you're also, you know, CEO and founder. Yeah. How do you balance those two? Um, I would say that it's really hard. And I, it's something that I think I've just figured out a better like balance between in the last like six months. Okay. Like, so we're just going into year three now. Um, and I think the last two years I've been doing a terrible job. At it. <laughs> so like, I wouldn't say process. like, I'm like, I don't have it all together. What if it's like, where is this balance? I'm like, it doesn't exist No. So it kind of does, but not really. Um, I think it's kind of like a balancing act as opposed to like having balance. Yeah. Um, so because I do teach and I do like, all of the like, creative and like marketing, all of that stuff. Um, and I also handle like the business side of things. So like I have to deal with like all the accounting and taxis and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then like managing people and teams. Um, I find that it's a lot about like prioritizing, like what are the things that have to happen in order to like move the needle forward from a business perspective, right? Like what's going to bring in money? Like what are the campaigns that I need to be running? Like what's my return on those campaigns that I ran? Um, And so there's a lot of like that stuff that has to happen that I just have to do like no matter what. Um, And then there's a lot of other stuff that like I like to do, like coming up with challenges and all the sort of like creative campaigns that we run, events, like that sort of stuff, like that stuff that I actually enjoy doing, but it takes a lot of time. So I kind of have to be very savvy about like how I distribute my time across all these tasks and like obviously teaching is a big part of it because I did not open the studio to start teaching like at all (laughs) I got certified to teach and all that good stuff but like I was like no this is like a business not necessarily like I want to be an instructor which is actually the opposite of most people that are fitness studio (laughs) owners like they start as instructors Mm -hmm. but I kind of got thrown into it because I had to start teaching like we'd lost an instructor and I needed to cover classes so it's also down to like I only have a certain amount of hours per week to make playlists for classes and like build out my structure for classes. So like, I am just like super efficient. I sit down and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do, if I'm teaching five times this week, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to make all five playlists at one time. Or I'm going to give myself like an hour on Sunday to like have music discovery time of just like listening to music. So that's a big part of it, like the music aspect of it. So I just have to be really, really efficient with my time and distribution of like, when I do everything and like what I prioritize first versus other things. Absolutely. Yeah. So what do you feel like your biggest struggle in business is? Have you had to Um, I feel like biggest has honestly been people. <laughs> <laughs> like managing people. I'm very like to the point kind of person, like just the way I am. I tend to be very like straightforward. So you're like business minded. Yeah, I am. And it's just, I am. It's just the way it is. And so I don't always, like, I don't think about like sugarcoating things or like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, <laughs> you're like, listen. Yeah, like, I'm like, this is how we had to have to handle this. So I'm very to the point. So I think for me, it's been a big learning curve to like think more about the people and like 
in terms of like how I'm handling employees and like situations and just like communicating things. Like the way I think I process things is so different than the way like my staff does. Been a big learning for me to like understand like their perspective on things. And I'm really big on like feedback. So I'm always like, could I have handled that situation like better? Could I have like communicated things better? And they're definitely like, yes, you could have, which is great. Because <laughs> yeah. it's the only way I'm ever going to learn. Yeah, policy, yeah, right? for like, sure. Look, this is like, this is how I operate. This is how I run yeah. things. Clearly it's working. Yeah. But I, I do want to hear. Yeah. And you, ha- you have to like, think about the people in your yeah. business, right? Like, especially if you're running like a physical business, like the people that are there, like I'm not there every single day. So the people that are there every day, like, they have to understand like what are the goals of the business like what's the culture what's the ethos of like what we're trying to do and then like if, if they understand that then i feel like my job is easier because i don't have to constantly be there to like remind people of like what our ultimate goal is as a as a business mm-hmm. but you have to like think about that and think about the way you're communicating that to people because they might perceive things in a different way than than i do right and yeah. so that's been a really big learning is like understanding like how to work with people and like manage people because i think managing people at my previous job which was more like tech focus mm-hmm. it was just different like it was more cut and dry mm-hmm. and i had more like hey you did this and i needed you to do it this way so like next time can you do it this way mm-hmm. whereas now i think there's i had had to learn to be a little bit more like soft touch yeah. which is different because i i'm like not i don't think that way so it's definitely been something that i've like had to work on and develop like that side of my like people skills totally yeah i mean it's yeah i i yeah i think the first couple times i ever tried to like build a team i had no idea how to how to even handle that and i've actually been reading this really amazing book called uh, radical candor oh okay radical candor i think i'm saying that right um yeah but it's about like how to be like a better like leader yeah and like how it like goes into the psychology mm-hmm. behind like the way that you delegate tasks or talk about them or if someone makes a mistake how you're not supposed to let it go but right but you how do you handle it exactly handle it? yeah no one you don't think about that no I mean, especially when you're like starting out and you have to develop a team so tell me a little bit about how you built your community and like your team and everything. yeah um I think the team in terms of like the the staff at our studio um, a lot of, in terms of like our front desk staff, like I find those to be super, super important in terms of hiring, right? Yeah. Like, yes, they are hourly employees and they're there for like a couple hours and they, they're gone and then they come back the next day or whatever. So it is like they're clocking in and clocking out, but we really try to make it, make them understand that they're just as big of a part of what we do as the instructor is yeah. or anything else. Um, Cause they're like the first person that anyone ever meets. So to me, like that front desk person has to understand what it's all about. So we've actually found a lot of our front desk staff from riders because wow. they've been to the studio and they've experienced, had the experience. Yeah. And then they're like, Oh, I actually like love the experience. Like, and I'm looking for a job. Like, are you guys hiring? So I think pretty much everyone that works for our front desk is someone that used to ride at our studio and that's how we've like kind of found them and hired them on. Um, same thing with like our studio manager. She like was a writer, um, became a front desk um, staff member and our previous studio manager moved out of San Diego. And so that's how she stepped into the management role of the studio. Um, our lead instructor was somebody that was here in San Diego. She moved away, she came back and she's just like amazing. I was like, what do I have to do to like hire you to be our lead instructor? Cause I'm like, I can't manage an entire team of instructors and run the business. It's too much. Um, so a lot of the people that kind of we work day to day with are people that used like have experienced the studio and kind of like want to move that forward for others. Um, in terms of like the community itself, like our riders, it's obviously all people who live in a general geographic area to our studio. We're in a really high high rise office building. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the people are people who work in the building, which That's is amazing. awesome. And they don't even have to go outside. Like we literally have a second entrance from the inside of the building. Oh, so you can like come in during lunch, which is great because we're one of the only studios that offers classes at lunch. We have showers, we have lockers and everything. So you literally like can take your lunch, 45 minutes, come down. You don't even have to go outside. You can walk through the door. Like we have self-check-in, you like grab your own shoes. So it's meant to be like super like efficient in terms of time. And so we really like cater to that like lunch crowd a lot. Um, But then we also have like people who are there on the weekends because there's obviously a lot of people who live in our neighborhood and walk to the studio. So I think it's a lot to do with like, we've set out like, this is what we're about and like kind of made that very clear. And I think you attract what you set out. So I think like yeah. that whole, like you attract your tribe, where does your vibe attracts your tribe or whatever that like <laughs> Instagram quote is, <laughs> whatever that is, like 
I do think there's some truth to that. Like yeah. what you put out there, like people are going to see that and they're going to be receptive to it. Um, I love that you guys do like lunch classes. Yeah. I was actually just talking to one of my girls and I was like, I wish that there was like a more efficient way for me to go spend in the morning. And yeah. Because like, especially if you're catering that corporate crowd, yeah. that's amazing. They yeah. can go on their lunch break. Mm-hmm. They just shower. And the class is only 45 minutes. So if you do take an hour lunch, like you can do the full 45 minute workout and still shower. And probably like if you pack your lunch, you can like, eat it at your desk yeah. or whatever or you do it like right after that's amazing yeah that's such I just love that yeah so tell me a little bit about I want to dive into some influencer marketing mm-hmm. because clearly you have a social strategy I've seen your Instagram it looks amazing and then I've also seen you popping up so much just from the local community right so tell me about how you went about marketing yourself in your studio yeah I think at the beginning it was a lot about like obviously education about like, this is who we are. This is what we offer and getting our name out there in front of as many people as possible. So I literally um, had an assistant that was helping me at the time, like with all the research and kind of like organizing everything. And we made a list of every single influencer, like in the San Diego area. So basically if you had a blog, like you had an Instagram, like anything, like you had a Facebook group, like you were in a mommy group and you were like the lead (laughs) of it, whatever that was, like we made a list. And I want to say we had like 500 people on it and it was all based on like you know we ranked it based on like engagement rate and all these other metrics like how many followers do they have what's their engagement rate if they have a blog like what's their like views on their site that sort of thing um and if they had done campaigns with other fitness studios or they were like specific within fitness and that was kind of like how we ranked people so you really got we yes we got super specific we like kind of like figured out what all the different groups of people that we wanted to, to target right like moms who maybe drop their kids off and then they wanted to take a 915 class, right? Because we were like, what are the class times we're going to offer? Or like, maybe they're going to ride at lunch. So we like literally made lists and like put people in groups based on like what their group of followers were. So you have like moms, like people in corporate. So we like work with like the San Diego Business Journal or like the um, like Lawyers Association, like all these different groups and then found people that like were within those groups or that marketed to those groups. And that's kind of how we started. And we did that for like the first like, six months that we were open and we had people come in and take classes. We did like partnership events, like all that sort of stuff. And then we kind of took a little bit of a break and focused more on like online advertising, like Facebook, Instagram ads, that sort of thing. And then in the last like six months, we've started to do influencer marketing again. And mainly because we've been launching like new class formats, like new challenges. Um, We did like a refresh of the studio and added like this really cool mural and like a cool like new neon sign. So we kind of did like a lot of design like refreshes within the studio. Um, And so we thought that would be a really great opportunity to kind of like reintroduce people in the San Diego area to the studio or like if you maybe haven't taken a class before or you're new because there's so many people constantly moving to San Diego, there's always going to be new people. And so we actually started with a new list of influencers based on like different things. So we wanted to hit people that were like in different groups that we hadn't hit before. And we actually started to shift our focus to like micro influencers. Mm -hmm. So like smaller followers, but like higher engagement rates. Um, And we saw that work really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of love, because I mean, you're you're such a marketer. You like kind of totally reverse engineer your target demographic according to what's going to benefit them Mm -hmm. and how you're going to grow your business, right? Right. And I think that's a great piece of value, especially for those of you guys that are listening that maybe don't want to pay an agency for influence right don't have the budget yeah is to really get clear about it and then yeah. analyze you know hey what's working hey do we need to step into the micro influencer yeah you know, do we need to pay a big influencer yeah and that's i mean that's such a good testimony yeah. to see how you've grown the company yeah through that. and i think it's important like we didn't have the budget to hire an agency yeah. right like i'm like the budget that i would spend on an agency is actually like dollars i could be using on ads or it could be dollars yeah. i could be using to to pay an influencer. Um, and I think the learnings from when we first opened where we did have some bigger influencers, we took a lot of those learnings and reapplied them when we kind of redid new influencer campaigns this year. Because of what I found from when we first opened, it was like the bigger ones were really great for reach, but not really that much great for engagement. And so once we switched to micro influencers, we saw a higher engagement with those people, like those people coming back more and more, um, engaging with our content more. Um, maybe their reach is smaller, but we actually, like, instead of working with like three bigger influencers, we'd work with like 10 smaller ones. Yeah. And we saw a higher engagement, a higher rate of return from the 10 like micro influencers than we did from like three large influencers. See, I love yeah. That. And you spend less money in terms of like payment for those because they are smaller. 
So we kind of just spread it around a little bit more. Um, and then you also end up hitting different smaller pockets of people. Mm -hmm. Um, and then obviously if you're offering a good product, like those people are going to talk to other people within their like groups. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love too that you kind of, you were testing, right? It wasn't like you were just like nailing down one strategy Mm -hmm. and you're like, if I throw enough money at the wall, it's going to stick. You kind of were like, okay, well like let's test this out. Now let's test this out. Now, which one's working better? Now, how do we put it, you know, mesh something together? It's going to be like our secret sauce. Yeah. I feel like testing is like the biggest thing. And so from my previous job, like that's kind of how we ran our advertising. Like we would literally take like a small percentage of the budget and test like 10 different versions of a creative across like three different target groups. And then based on like how those 10 pieces performed, then you pick like your top three and then that's who you spend like, you know, the 90% remaining of your budget. Um, So I kind of just basically applied like that same strategy. And we used to run campaigns for like Disney or like Toyota was my big client, like Lionsgate films. So like we basically took that, I like took that model that I learned from there and then just applied it here. That's so cool. Yeah. I love that. I can totally get that. That's amazing. So tell me a little bit about, you know, like what is the passion behind beer? What keeps you going back every single day and working? You know, do you ever experience burnout? I mean, I think burnout is a real thing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, so we're three years in and like, it's not that I'm like burnt out or like tired, but I do feel because I'm like the person who comes up with like the creative idea as all of our content, all that kind of stuff. Like, I feel like I constantly want to always be like, moving forward and not staying stale which is something that like if you take spin for a really long time like you could get bored of and your body's gonna get bored actually like from just like a physical level like your your body's not going to change as much Mm -hmm. um because you're doing the same thing over and over again so you constantly have to be thinking about like how do I challenge myself and how do I like throw something in that's different to like make sure that my body isn't just like oh they're doing the same thing like you're not going to see any sort of change from that. So I think for me is like constantly like learning from other experiences. So like I'll go and take non-spin related workouts to see if there's something that like sparks my creativity that then I could bring back to the table. So we're doing that now actually because we're testing out new class formats. So we just launched a format. It's called Ride Plus. And so we do Ride Plus abs. And so you, the class itself, we came up with like specific moves that you do in the 45 minute class that are all core focused. So like the things you're doing are specifically like formulated to um, work out you your like core more. We are coming totally up with a booty one. Yeah. So the next one of the ones in the Ride Plus like group is Ride Plus Booty. And so I it's like specific that. stuff that's like more targeted for your butt. And then after the class, you have a 10 minute like circuit outside the cycle room yeah. where you do like a 10 minute like hyper focus like strength workout. Wow. So like right now it's Ride Plus abs. So in the class, you're doing stuff that's like meant to be for your core and then outside the class after it 10 minutes there's an optional 10 minute like circuit of abs and then we're doing one that's like a stretch one so then you could have an extra 10 minutes of stretch after um there's going to be like a bands one where you actually use resistance bands while you're on the bike and then you do use resistance bands after in the 10 minute post part and then like one where it's like more glute focused so you do stuff that's like more focused for your butt um and so that's kind of part of it is we've seen a really huge response from people of like it's nice to see that you're not just doing the same thing over and over again. Like you're trying to like find new ways to challenge or find new ways to change the format. Cause it's like, if you've been spending for three years, the same type, yeah. like you want to change. You just want to like refresh it. You don't want your body to get like stuck in the same way and you don't want things to get stale. So it's like, yeah. for me, we always try to do something different every three months. I love that. Like no matter what it is, whether it's like, just like refresh paint or like change the chairs or like come up with a new challenge or like release a new class format like basically every three months like we try to do something different even if it doesn't work right but that's such a great way to keep your number one that you talked about burnout and stagnation Mm -hmm. stagnation or whatever you know like that's such a great way to keep things constantly changing and moving yeah like keep it circulating yeah and you just don't want to get stale. like you just want to be able to like constantly challenge what you're doing and some things don't stick like we've tried things and they haven't stuck and we're like okay we'll just put that on this pile like it didn't work let's try the next thing um but I feel like if you just that helps me because then I feel like I'm not getting stuck in like this rut I'm kind of battling some of that like burnout and it keeps helps me kind of like keep the passion alive of like it's something new for me to like work on and it doesn't feel like I'm getting bogged down in like the same over and over again which I feel like aids in like burning out you kind of like get stuck in a rut or you're like in a cycle and you kind of feel like you can't get yourself out of it. So for me, it's like when we hit that, like, oh, it's about to be three months. Like we need to do something different. It like pushes me. It kind of like lights a little bit of fire. And I'm like, what's the next thing we're going to do? And it's not anything. It doesn't have to be something crazy. Literally like 
we at the beginning of the summer we just changed like our seating area in our, our front we like added like a cool palm print wallpaper for the oh, summer so cool. like changed the chairs like we added a new rug um in like yeah so that was like three like a three-month change we just like made like a little seating area that was like slightly different than what we had before that's so cool. yeah and I think so. that also too keeps like you and the company culture constantly fresh mm-hmm. and just doing different things yeah and for also sure competitive yeah I mean, it pushes you guys probably to stay ahead of the trend. Yeah, definitely. Because it's, I mean, there are now more spin studios in San Diego than there were when we opened three years ago. So it's like, we also have to be thinking about from our competitive standpoint, like how are we standing out to them, right? Like if you're a new person, you come to San Diego and you're looking for a place to go, like how how is Pure going to be different than some of the other places in the area? Not just location-based, because I want it not to just be like, oh, it's convenient, so I'm going to go to it. Like I want it to be like, I'm choosing to go to this place. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about number one, you know, on this podcast, I love talking about the way that we can positively influence our audience, Mm -hmm. right? And you guys being very active on social and really having a marketing mindset behind this brand. What ways do you feel like you positively impact your audience? Um, I think in terms of like our brand itself, Mm -hmm. um, like I think we provide like a space where people feel like they're welcomed and they can like come in and not feel like judged or um, like maybe they didn't excel that day in that class. But what I think we offer is like a place where you can come and like test stuff out or like test to see if you can hit a double class and maybe you don't, or maybe like the first class you killed it and the second class you're kind of struggling and that that's totally okay too. I think we do that too. Like we run challenges and we try to make them different every time. So we have two, we have one that's called insanity week. So basically you have to hit five classes. I know (laughs) it is insane, but you have to hit five classes in seven days, which can be really hard because five is a lot within a seven day period. And it's a consecutive seven days. So you have to hit those five classes within seven days. So we did that. And like the first three were awesome. It was great. And then now like when we were going to run the fourth one, I was like, this has to be, there has to be some sort of different to the next one like it can't just be the same so we made it you have to have five classes with five different instructors and then I was like okay can we do a longer format challenge not just one week but can you challenge yourself over the course of 21 days so we came up with beyond the bike and basically you have 21 days to hit 12 classes and then on top of the 12 classes you also have like workshops that you attend and the workshops are like centered around whatever like the theme of the challenge is so like for summer it was all about like self-love beyond just a spin class yeah no it's like it's a lot about like all of the workshops related to like um there was like a self-love workshop in terms of like figuring out like how do you like allow yourself to like be in love with yourself and like be like use that to like motivate you not just in your workout but like in your everyday life we had like a psychologist come in and lead the workshop um we had like a a yoga class and it was all about like extra stretching to give time to yourself kind of thing so we had like a cbd oils workshop and how to use that like for recovery for your muscles and all that kind of stuff so we like built it around like doing things off the bike Mm -hmm. that could essentially take you beyond the bike Um, and so that was that kind of challenge so we try to like make it so that like yes it's a spin class but it's more than just about what happens like in the room it's about like how you use what you're doing in the room to then like translate to your everyday life so I feel like that's kind of a value we bring to our community um and that's where we think we have influence is like making you recognize that like what you're doing in the room the work you're doing in the room is like something that can translate outside of it that's so incredible yeah I love too how you take your products and your services and you develop them out in such a way like you're it just it's really interesting it's not just like well this is the product you're like no 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 here's the product but here's like the long stream yeah like every all the offerings and services I'm gonna do with this one thing yeah I feel like it's a lot to do with like I don't want it to just feel like this is a spin class I go to and then I leave and then I forget about it like for me what's like a spin class did was like oh I could do really crazy hard challenging work inside of a spin class like on a bike that doesn't move like that's crazy and it kind of became like a mental thing like I found myself like doing things physically that I couldn't before and it wasn't like every day was easy or like I got better like over like one month like it took time but I could see that translating to like the rest of my life like in terms of like more motivation or just like not allowing like negative self-talk to like get you down like that's a really big like thing you have to like come to terms with and you have to figure that out and like not allow yourself to get into that mindset and so I think for me literally spin like was a game changer like it made me realize like oh I'm actually a lot stronger 
than I thought it would be. Even now I joke because I'm like, I'm not like a fitness person, but like now I'm like starting to be like, I am a fitness person. Like I like, yeah, I do this for a living, but just like, I enjoy like seeing myself, like being able to do things that I couldn't before. That's amazing. I love that. And I love that you're like, you're challenging like everyone's mindset as well. Being like, no, like I'm stepping into this power. Yeah. I'm going to own it. Like this is what it is. So let's, we're going to go ahead. I'm going to ask you one last question and then we're going to go ahead and change gears and go right into our rapid fire. Okay. It's always really fun. Okay. (laughs) So what does influence mean to you? Um, I think to me, influence is um, where you either have experienced something or you have a lot of information about something and then you can relay that to others. So it's more like you being able to like take how you've experienced something and then share that with others and like make it some way beneficial to the other other person. I love that. Yeah. Well, and I think too, that's like kind of nailing it on the head, right? Like you talked about how you wanted to bring in these different groups of people, give them an experience and then let them naturally. Yeah either whether it's positive or negative, let them naturally kind of say, Hey, look, this is something that I thoroughly enjoyed. This is why it was different. This is why I had a good time here. Yeah. And I think if you trust the product that you're putting out there, like to me, like we don't, we don't ask for reviews, like all of our Yelp reviews that we have, like all of the reviews we get on Google and Facebook, um, class pass, like we're not like, Hey, leave us a review. Because A, as just like a normal person, I find that to be kind of annoying. Yeah. <laughs> like when people are constantly asking, and I get it, like as a business, you want to ask people to review you. And I think at the beginning, it is important. Um, but I think that you should allow your product to speak for itself. And I think like finding like those micro influencers or those people that have influence within whatever group they're in, um, like that's the person that if they have a really great experience or a really bad experience, they're going to share that with other people. And like, I'm that person in my friend group. Like if I go try out a coffee shop or like I go get a facial somewhere and it's awesome. Like every group text that I'm in, I'll be like, Hey, you guys need to go try out this new place. Like yeah. I went and tried out this like sauna's place that opened downtown. And like, oh, wait a minute. is it called a uh, hot Haven? Yes. Okay. So I went, yes, I loved it. Like oh. literally I was like, I can't ever relax. I can't ever get like, I'm always constantly going, like, I can't even get a massage because I get so, like, antsy. <laughs> so it was, like, I was, like, oh, I'm forced to just sit. Like, I can't bring my phone in because it's going to, like, die on me because it's, it's in the water or in the heat or whatever. And so, and I love the experience of it. And, like, it's downtown, so it's convenient for me. And I just loved everything about, like, their aesthetic and, their, like, the way they kind of present everything. And, like, literally the minute I left the session, I just, like, texted everyone that I knew. I was like, you got to go try this place. It just opened. But I loved it. And so there's always, like, people within groups that are going to be that sort of, like, pusher of, like, whatever the experience is, good or bad, yeah. right? And so I feel like if you can kind of, like, figure out who that person is within these little groups, then that's the person that's going to help you, like, spread the message, right? And then you just trust that your product is going to deliver for them that they're going to put out a positive message. I love that so yeah. much. Dude, that's so awesome. I, yes, I'm dying to go try Hot Haven. I, it's, I, my girlfriend It's, just, it's a, it's really good. Dude, it looks yeah. so nice. Yeah, it is really nice. And I went and did like, literally like a friend of mine booked and we just like all three of us booked and we each booked three different things and we uh-huh. just went together and we each had our own like experiences but oh, like cool. together, which was kind of nice because yeah. I enjoy like socializing, but also I'm like, I kind of need a little mini like alone like time, <laughs> but they have like a little lounge. And so after your treatment, you go into the little lounge and you can kind of like hang out and they have like hot tea and like oh. fruit and nuts and stuff. So it was like, we each got to do our own thing. And then like at the end, like chit chat and stuff about it. So it was kind of a nice little That's like amazing. girls, like little get together thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Not involving drinking, which is hard to do in San Diego. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's good for you. Yes, exactly. Okay, cool. So let's move into our rapid fire. Okay. So what is your favorite Instagram stock? Okay, so I follow this Instagrammer. Her name is Aubrey Winters. She, she you probably follow her. She's just awesome. She started this thing called Sweat Sessions. It's like cardio, like dance, strength thing. And I just went, I actually just won tickets to an event that she was at. It was a Propel Collapse, like fitness festival in LA two weekends ago mm-hmm. and so I went to it and I met her in person which was really cool so I was totally like fangirling but like trying <laughs> to keep my cool but I've been following her forever and she's just I just love what she puts out there like she's very real and honest and like in fitness it's really hard to to come by yeah um so I love that about her and like her amazing. outfits are amazing she always says like the best scrunchies and like sneakers and like perfect I'm like whatever dude <laughs> like, okay, well, I'm like okay I can dream <laughs> okay what about your go-to self-love or wellness so I don't like massages. I just get really <laughs> weird and I can't, like I can't massages. relax. Like it's not relaxing. They're like, are you relaxed? I'm like, no, I'm super tense. But, so I actually didn't watch like 
just bad reality TV shows. Like, oh, I just find God. it like anything that's mindless where I don't like if it's a movie yeah. or a show where I have to like think too much about the plot line. I'm like, it's not relaxing. Like, yeah. I need something where I literally don't have to think like it's just like the same formula show repeated over <laughs> and over amazing. again for like five episodes. And I just don't have to think about anything. All right. So yeah. what's, what's the favorite show? So, okay. So, just, <laughs> so one is botched. Cause I just oh. like, I just love it. I love seeing the before and after, but I actually just watched the entire series of that Netflix one where it was like glass blowing competition, which like, I don't, I don't know the first thing about glass blowing you guys. Like, I don't know anything about glass blowing. It looks cool, but I literally, it was just so easy to watch. Cause it's just like the same thing every episode. Yeah. So I literally just watched the whole thing, yeah. just sat down and watched it. I did skip some of the like in between stuff that was just like, I was like, I don't care about glass blowing, whatever, yeah. but it was just kind of nice to like, watch something and not have to think like I just my brain is so constantly like going yeah. so that's why I think like reality tv it's like it's bad but it's just nice to just like zone out and not have to think for a little bit yeah <laughs> I love that so much you know I got caught up the other day watching Master Chef, and I was just like so into the competition yeah and I was like what am I doing like yeah. I don't even like to you're like yeah I'm like but I'm so into no this. I like literally watched like four episodes of instant hotel I'm like yeah. I have no interest in opening a hotel like why am I watching this but it was just nice to like get lost in it for a little bit. I love that. That's a great <laughs> All right. What about your go-to cocktail or mocktail? Um, I like sparsy margaritas, like jalapeno margaritas. I love it. Anything with tequila in it is like my thing. And it's like a natural like probiotic. So it's kind of nice. You feel a little bit less guilty about it. Where's your favorite yeah. place in San Diego? Ooh, I actually really like Takaya. Okay. Yeah. And um, Gas Lamp, they just have really, really good, like, spicy margaritas. Um, I've never tried one of margaritas. Oh, they're really good. And their food is good, too. So, like, their yeah. food is good. But I just really like their margaritas. And they're, like, on happy hour on every day of the week. I think they have a happy hour. Oh, and on Tuesdays, they have, like, a Taco Tuesday, like, special thing. So, so cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got to go, get, you gotta go get a margarita there because they're good. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What about some of your favorite podcasts? So, I do, like, kind of listen to a lot of, like, self-help like entrepreneurial podcasts like there's a ton of those are out there they're awesome like the Rachel Hollis one I listen to I love it um but a lot of the times you get caught up in like like self not self-help and like learning but I'm like I'm tired of learning (laughs) and I kind of don't want something where I'm like learning about something that I do every day so I've actually gotten really into like true crime podcasts and there's a one that's called um what is it called it's like uh to live and die in LA Oh my god. Have you have you I listened to this one? I'm on like episode thing. six, so I haven't finished it yet. But it's like I'm like, I don't know how why this is so entertaining, but I literally so can't stop listening to it. Okay, so yeah. me and my best friend binged it. Oh my I'm god. Not kidding. We had to go up for so my best friend doubles us up. Basically, she works for Echo's marketing. Okay. She helps us with business development. But me and her had to go all the way up to like Cardiff or something. And she's like, put on this podcast on our drive up, went there, did the client meeting, went back. We literally binged it, I think, in, like, two days. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's so good. I haven't finished it yet, but I'm, like, really, like, okay, I got to find time to just, like, play it. Oh, yeah. I want to drive somewhere so I can actually, like, listen to it. Have you dabbled in My Favorite Murder podcast? Which one is No, I have not. Okay. So, they're – I'm obsessed with them. Okay. Um, They're not for everybody, but they're two comedians that essentially talk about true crime stories and tell them. Okay. So good, though. My Favorite Murder. Okay. My Favorite Murder. Because I finished (laughs) – it was called, like (laughs) – the what was it it was like um not is it dirty john that they made like a tv show about that so that's how i started getting into all these like true crime like that was the first one and then there was one about some like guy who was like a psychiatrist in new york like in long Island. like it was just like i got into like this wormhole and it kept recommending other ones and that's how i got to like to live and die and then hollywood or la or whatever it's called yeah so good i can't wait to finish it i'm really like you're at the edge ending. of my seat because I want to know what happens. <laughs> I love that. Okay, and then your last question. Who is like a favorite business owner or somebody that you look up to? I mean, there's a lot. I have like two really, really great friends who are entrepreneurs and have their own companies based here in San Diego. Um, one of them is Chanel and she started Dane's Collective. Yes, I know Chanel. Yeah, so Chanel, like love her to death. I just think everything she's done um, in terms of like creating a community where women can feel empowered and like, connect with each other is just awesome so I love her for that and I'm constantly like in awe of all that she's doing she just opened one in like Kansas City like a chapter so it's yeah it's really cool it's growing like tremendously um and I love every all the events that they do are really like interesting and unique it's not just like let's go have a drink it's like something centered around something that you can actually like put into practice for your business um and then my other friend Nika um she started this company called Jib Athletics um 
and they're a camel toe proof underwear. I love that. Okay, so if you Stop. wear athletic clothing, which, okay, yes. like 95, no, 99% of women now do yes. all the time. All the time. Like, I literally live and work at clothes. Even so she used out. to work for Prana. Okay. And so literally how it all kind of started was she was at a meeting and like their VP of marketing or head of marketing or somebody was like up at the front, like the entire company is there and she's giving a presentation and they're all wearing workout clothes because they're Prana. So she's giving a presentation and I guess she had like a massive camel toe, like the entire time she's giving a meeting. And my friend Nika's like, it's so annoying and so frustrating, but like literally this woman is giving this amazing presentation about all this great stuff. And I could not stop thinking about that. Like, and she was like, there has to be a way for you to be able to wear your workout clothes and not have to worry about it having this camel toe. And so that's kind of how it all started. And the product is amazing. It's super comfortable. Like the fabrics that they use are amazing. Um, they care a lot about like the design and the aesthetics of it and like, um, Jiv athletics or J I V, um, athletics. We just started carrying them at the studio too. Um, so it's like, you've never tried it. Like we carried it in studio, but literally like makes it so you do not have a camel toe when you work out, which is, it's hard. Like I can't wear those like shiny, like cool looking leggings without it because it's like those leggings make it even worse. But yeah, um, I just love everything about like the brand. Um, and she's really big into like doing pop-ups and like really educating people about the product. Um, cause it is something that's like, you, you aren't necessarily going to be like, Oh, I have camel toe. Like, you know what I mean? But it is something you probably like talk to your friends about, or like you maybe like are Googling online. So she's really, um, I really like, admire how she's structuring the company and like their, their scale and their growth that they're doing sort of the trajectory. They're like not necessarily started by going into like big shops. They started by educating the customers and really like getting customers behind their product. Wow. Um, and working with a lot of like micro influencers, like especially here in San Diego, cause that's where they're based out of. Um, like testing the product, getting a lot of feedback, and then incorporating that into like each iteration of it. Um, and now they're coming out with a high waist version. Um, and I just did all, yes. we, um, I model like, their workout stuff because uh-huh. it's like they want real people as opposed to just hiring regular models, which is great. And their high waist is like, just, I just literally wear it with not even with workout oh, clothes. Because if you're wearing like a skirt <laughs> that like comes up higher, like their high waist one is amazing. So that's coming out soon. So yeah, be on the lookout. And we carry it up here. So yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So I'm going to buy all of it. I love that. That's amazing. Well, Maria, you've been awesome, dude. You're such a brilliant mind. And it was really cool hearing all your tips and tricks. And there was so much value in this episode, especially for young entrepreneurs or people that are really wanting to open up a physical business. Yeah. So thank you so much for Thanks your time so much. and your insight. And where can they find you? Um, so you can find Pure Studio on Instagram, Pure Studio SD, um, online, purestudio.com. Um, if you live in San Diego and you haven't been to Pure, your first class is free. That's always our policy. Um, we provide complimentary shoes because you do have to clip into the bikes. That's new for a lot of people who haven't done spin before. Um, and I know the biggest thing for people who haven't done spin before or like a boutique spin mm-hmm. class they're really like nervous about their first experience. Like, am I going to be able to keep up? Like, am I going to be on beat? Like we got you. Don't worry about it. Like all of our classes are like meant to be that you could be like a completely newbie or a complete seasoned person who's been taking classes for like 10 years and you will still have an amazing experience. Like we'll guide you through it. We give you like a studio tour when you come in. So yeah, all you have to do is sign up online. If you live in San Diego, once you sign up, you automatically get your first class free. You don't have to like do anything to redeem it. So the process is super easy. And we have a mobile app too. It's on the app store. So you can always do that too. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you.